any questions you had about anything else before we get started, before I like do the thing? No, no, go for it. Okay, cool. All right, so now I'm going to uh, take a deep breath and introduce you, basically. Sounds good. Okay, cool. Uh, Greg Henkin, Greg's Guitar Lessons, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to Top Teachers. Thanks for having me. Um, so we have had a bunch of these so far, and they've all been really good, and it's really interesting. The idea is just to talk to people um, who are teachers and how they got there and, and where they started. So the the best place to start really, I think, is uh, where you started playing guitar. Do you remember how old you were? Oh, yeah. Uh, I started, I got my first guitar on my birthday, uh, 1995. I was 13. Um, okay. And uh, I saved up my paper route money. And this was, pro you know, as far as my parents thought, this was probably just going to be the next hobby that I started and quit a couple months later. Uh, sure. But we went to the local guitar store and I went in and I said, hey, uh, I'd like... The Squire Stratocaster hanging there, $199, please. But I need it left-handed because I'm left-handed. And uh, the guy's like, well, do you already play? I said, no. He's like, well, you're going to be terrible no matter what. If there's no like physical requirements that need you to be lefty, why don't you play right-handed? Uh, you will, you'll thank me in 10 years. And he was spot on. I am so fortunate to have uh, started playing right-handed. Um, that is wild. Cause yeah. as you were talking, I was looking over your shoulder and I was like, I feel like that pick guard is on the, on the side for like a right-handed player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, ultimately I'm just a, uh, normal, slightly ambidextrous guitar player in that regard. Uh, but, uh, I started taking lessons at that store, uh, and had a couple teachers, um, the first one had moved away early on and the next one was a, a young guy and uh i i just i loved him i looked up to him so much uh he ended up being one of the biggest influences in my life and uh so early How on he, you, yeah go ahead sorry go ahead uh, no, oh, uh so um i probably took lessons with him for five uh five, six years, give or take. Um, and he had encouraged me to take lessons with other guys uh, just to make sure that like I would work on other genres, things like that. And what, what was the had... difference between him and the, oh, I'm so sorry. I keep interrupting you, but oh, what no, was you're the good. difference between him and the other other instructor? Like what, well, what was different? Uh, first instructor was uh, Floyd Rose, Super Strat, Skull and Crossbone inlays, and you're going to learn how to shred right away. Uh, and... I was 95. I was a kid. I wanted to learn Green Day and Nirvana, and I sure. wasn't going to shred, at least uh, at the time. Um, so the when I, I got to the next teacher, his name was Ben Ginapantha. Um, he liked a lot of similar music as me and would try to open me up to other artists that might have been uh, not directly related, but kind of like closely related uh, at, at the time. And you he, like this, you should check this out. For sure. Uh, you know, one of my one of the most impactful moments for me was uh, I brought in the Green Day Nimrod CD and I just used my paper out money, bought that, and it's like, hey, check this out. And this is like the new punk. You know, I, was, I was a kid, obviously, sure, Green sure, Day sure. at the time. It's not particularly punk. And he took it and he's like, no, this is terrible. And he, he took the disc out of the, the jewel tray and he just chucked it like a Frisbee and it exploded. And I, my heart was broken. I was like, oh my God. And he's like, look, 
I mean, like 20 you, bucks. Uh, it was, it was $20. I just had this conversation. Uh, and he's like, look, I'm going to give you a CD that I just got. That's a hundred times better. Uh, and at the time it was uh, Jimmy World Static Prevails, uh, which blew my mind. I didn't know that there was music that was not on the radio. Where did these bands come from? And that kind of started this whole passion of uh, he and I always looking for new, cool, underground, uh, indie, emo bands, get up kids, stuff like that uh, in the late 90s. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so like at, at one t- at one point, I mean, it's very obviously devastating. But the other hand, it was like I, it changed my life right then and there. Like that that sent me on this this whole journey of m- some of the coolest music doesn't make it to the radio. That's wild. How long does it take you running? Who was the paper up for? Uh, the News Sun. Uh, OK, I mean, just like a local Chicago Burbs paper. And uh, how long did it take you to earn 20 bucks? Uh, too long. yeah but you know yeah it was okay and he ended up getting me another cd later Uh, he just wanted that impact uh mission accomplished uh so you start talk to me about more about the transition between those two like what was the what was your first lesson with your soon to be like guitar mentor like um how how soon did you know that it was kind of like it was better you know um he asked me what my goals were Instead of saying, these should be your goals. You should want to uh, be able to shred early on, as opposed to like when I started with Ben, he's just like, you know, what are your goals? What What's what's your intention with this? Do you want to play other people's music? Do you want to write your own music? Um, and, you know, he was able to kind of craft a method plan that worked for me as, as much as it would um, you know, still develop me as a overall complete guitar player. Uh, but it was, you know, worked around what my end goals were. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so you're 13 and you start with him sometime after that and, uh, take me through the next few years. Like what you're going into high school, which is awesome for everybody. Everybody loves high school. That's a common theme. Um, like, uh, you're developing more, like how much are you playing? You're Oh man. Uh, I, I figured out pretty quick that guitar was my thing. Uh, and and just music in general. So that, that kind of became my, my passion, uh, you know, learning, going through what I would consider to be the traditional phases of uh, a rock guitar player of, you know, you listen to music that correlates with your skill set. So graduating from uh, Green Day and Nirvana to things like maybe Metallica or Megadeth and like kind of climbing that ladder uh, slowly but surely throughout high school, checking the boxes of like, oh, I should learn Steve Ray Vaughan or Brian Setzer or, you know, what Junior Wells, like the different types of guitar players that are kind of representative of their ind- individual genres. So uh, in high school, I, I feel like I was a little bit of like a millhouse. Uh, I, I wasn't, you know, like other other kids, but like, Johnny's brother got some beer. We got to go, you know, like, ah, uh, uh, these scales aren't going to sequence themselves. Like, I got to, I got to stay home today. Uh, and, you know, I kind of worked my way up to joining, you know, the high school cover band, uh, which was, you know, like Aerosmith, Stone Temple Pilots, that, that kind of stuff. I got you house parties nice. um and about halfway through there that my guitar teacher uh he had kind of raised me on a very strict diet of like 
we are going to learn some sort of indie rock song and then we're going to learn classical so he always wanted to balance like the the fun with the important or uh formative lessons and we just kind of kind of go back and forth so it'd be like music theory tapping and then you know he was a classical player so then we go back to classical and we learn some get up kids or something like that do you remember how old he was at that time yeah he was in his early 20s oh wow Uh, yeah he was like he was in a a hard rock band at 15 with guys who were in their mid 30s uh just like a real just classic virtuoso uh virtuoso player he was he was incredible and you're still in the Chicago area. Do you mm-hmm. do you keep in touch with him? Do you know him still? Uh, story takes a turn. It's sad. Uh, oh, no. So, yep. So he got me a job at the guitar store. Uh, you know, I, I was I cleaned the toilets, tuned the guitars, all the fun stuff. And um, in 2002, uh, his pancreas stopped working while I was on vacation. Yep. And uh, so he ended up spending three months in a hospital in Las Vegas. And I was... Uh, like he had called and he's like, Hey, why don't you sub for me? You know, the whole, uh, you know, plan. You're my longest student. I, you could do it. I have faith. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. He's like, you'll be fine. Uh, so I started subbing for him. Uh, and then he ended up passing away out there. Uh, uh-huh. and, uh, that was my unfortunate start in teaching. I'm so uh, sorry to hear that. It's, it's, you know, it's part of life. Uh, so how old are you at this time? Um, I was 20, 19. Gotcha. 19. And so um, you're uh, out of out of high school. Did you go to college or? Yep. You, yep. Well, I, was, yeah. I was at the local community college at the time. Gotcha. So you're still in the area and you could still take care of that. Yep. Wow. So that's tough. Uh, you're and there is a, that's a three month transition. So were you calling him up kind of keeping, keeping every day? Base? Yeah, every day. Yeah. Uh, like he, he was like, I was fortunate that all of my best friends in the world all happened to work at this guitar store. So it was, you know, it wasn't really going to work. Uh, you know, we just all, and at the time, um, while he was in the hospital, we we had spent all of our effort and energy on trying to raise money for him because he was just like so many musicians out there uninsured. Uh, he, he was working as an independent contractor at the store. Um, so that, uh, you know, at, we were trying to set up like a, uh, show fundraiser for him uh that was that was a lot of our our efforts at that time did um was did he go to las vegas because he had family there or no it just it was winter it's miserable here he just wanted to go to vegas okay i got it okay oh my god that's terrible um what were those first uh lessons like with when you were stepping in it must have been kind of a mix of oh yeah uh, it was like yeah go ahead no it was it was a total uh whirlwind of emotions because I had known I I'd known all the students because I at the at that point I was managing the store essentially uh so I, I would deal with them weekly um but just not in that capacity uh so to make that transition it was one dealing with the emotions of my friend's sick or my friend had passed away uh and then trying to be social and personable uh and really trying to identify what type of communication would work in, in that, uh, setting, uh, and then figure out a, uh, a methodology, a lesson plan, identify where these, where these students were at. Uh, it was, it was learning on the fly. Were, uh, how far were you like, a um, 
in terms of where you were at, uh, did you feel like one lesson ahead of some of these students or did you feel like, like you were far, do you, do you know what I'm trying to ask there? Like understood. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I was like, my skill set was fine. Like I, 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 like there were some classical students who were very good and they had spent their entire, uh, journey in the realm of classical where I had not. Um, so like I had to, I'd go home and be like, okay, classical time and sit down, you know, and really try to woodshop and build it back up. Um, but ultimately, uh, I was fortunate to kind of be prepared because I, I, as those early lessons were going on, I had realized that I had seen a lot of that stuff already. <laughs> he was, sure. you know, he, he, you know, I was probably his first student um, at that store. So I already had in my collection of learning materials a lot of the stuff that he was giving them so oh in your uh, folder like that you had gotten as a student yeah I got yeah, yeah so like i i was familiar with a lot of the things that he was doing and because of that knew a lot of the routes that he was likely to go sure so that's cool where uh what were you going to school for uh for i mean at the local college i you know i had wanted to be a musician and everyone had told me like that's a very risky thing to try and do uh sure so they're like explore other options. So I went and I took literally every class at the local college, hoping to find something that would work uh, from oceanography to criminal justice, like just everything. Uh, and then I realized like, no, I'm, I'm going to be some form of musician either way uh, and had never anticipated any of this happening. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I ended up going to Columbia College in Chicago, uh, which is artsy school. Um, and they had a media management like a music business program essentially um hmm. and so I, that's what my four-year degree is in that's cool and so did when you at this time it's kind of interesting because you're starting to teach and you're also like i love your mug <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> that's kind of like a it's kind of like if uh i love that it came out of nowhere that i hadn't seen it before <laughs> it's just like whoop. um <laughs> What I was going to ask is, uh, at the same time, you're kind of trying to figure out being a teacher and also you'd, you'd been through a couple of teachers that one worked and one didn't. Mm -hmm. Did it change the way you looked at your professors in college? Could you, could you, did you see kind of like, hmm, this guy doesn't really have it together or, or was that not kind of like connection um, being made there? No, I mean, like Columbia College is interesting because like I'll, the good majority of the teachers are just professionals in their field. So oh, a cool. lot, a lot of them, I would say, weren't great teachers. They just said, this is what I did to become a professional in my field. So let's try to learn from what I did. Uh, I don't necessarily know that what I received was a great education uh, in, in that path, especially now, you know, learning something in the music business, you know, that was 03, 04, 05, give or take. Uh, most of that stuff is irrelevant now. So what I did learn were, you know, organizational business strategies. Uh, I took a bunch of entrepreneurship classes and things like that. Uh, but like the, what the focus of the degree was, you know, it's kind of old news at this point. Gotcha. So you get out of school and you're, you've been teaching at the store and it sounds like managing the store, doing a lot mm -hmm. in that world. What's your plan? Like what, what happens next? Uh, well, I, I just graduated and I was, and, uh, it's like, okay, 
it's time to get a big boy job. I, I had uh, interned and worked for a record label in Chicago called Victory Records. Uh, and I had, that world was cool, but I don't think that particular place was for me. And so I was going to start branching out and looking for things. And the store that I was working at got uh, destroyed by a storm. Uh, it uh, a massive storm came through and it was it was predicted ahead of time. And the owner was trying to get a new roof put on to hopefully survive. Uh, it did not go to plan. Uh, by the time the storm hit, there was uh, I, I think the, I think the roof was off. But there, there was no roof back on. Uh, it was, they called it a gustnado or a derecho. Uh, I want to write that, that down. Yeah, gustnado. It, yeah, that's what the news called it. I think it's probably wow. the, the worst name I've ever, I've ever heard. Uh, it, but basically, just like a uh, 70 mile an hour windstorm without a tornado. And uh, so the store basically shut down. And all the teachers were independent contractors. Um, and he, the, how many teachers i think 25 oh jeez. yeah um so very quickly everyone's out on their own and um you know it how was 23 okay so a, a real adult with everything figured out got it yeah oh yeah yeah i i it's no problem mm -hmm. <laughs> uh so um yeah, it was a very, very odd journey to get here for sure. Um, so I took a couple days and uh, was fortunate to be one of the teachers who would communicate to my students outside of the store as well. Um, just because when there's middlemen in communication, there can, you know, there's likely going to be more issues. Uh, and, you know, this is at a time where texting still wasn't really a, a, a full norm. Uh, so it was all phone conversations as often as I could, uh, trying sure. to establish what would be next. Uh, so I just basically at my parents' house, I'd set up like a little, uh, teaching nook, uh, and just tried to buy some time to figure things out. Um, how many, it, how many students did you bring with you or how could you, uh, 80 a week, give or take what? Yeah. You brought 80 students for you. Did you bring the other teachers along too? No, I mean, this was just in my, my parents' house. Like that, that, that was, those were just, that was my students. Like I, I wasn't going to take them from anyone else. Um, and, uh, so suddenly like I hadn't realized it, but like now it's a full-time, essentially a full-time job. They're all half hour lessons. And um, before, what was the deal? You were doing a lesson and you'd get paid whatever and you split it with the store uh, or the, or you were paid a salary at the store or like, no, no, no. It? Like it was just the. It was like room rental, like, you know, like, oh, I see. Uh, so I would, if the lesson was 15 bucks, the store would get five type of thing. Got it. Got it. Um, so, uh, but, but I did that for a little bit, just enough time to kind of figure out like this, if I played my cards, right, this could be a sustainable, uh, job and I could kind of grow it into something that I was hoping to do, uh, which was um, be able to help young students uh, develop their musicianship outside of just guitar lessons. Um, sure. Because that's what uh, my teacher did for me. Uh, one of my favorite local bands in the area at the time 
happened to go to high school with my old teacher. And this band was like famously a three piece. And he convinced them like, hey, you should you should bring in this kid which because they're they were all older. You should. Yeah, you should uh, let this guy join. He's he's your biggest fan and could could do it. And I did. And it, then I got the full like, you know, experience of the band treatment of, you know, playing cool shows all across the country. And, you know, that that whole formative education of that end of musicianship. That's awesome. So yeah. and during that time, you must uh, you must shut down your private students or or you just whenever you guys go out on tour, you you uh, you take a break. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and at, at that time, lessons were all paid uh, essentially like at a per lesson fee. So like it wasn't a huge issue. Uh, and um, I had a bunch of really talented students. So if I had to miss for any extended time, I'd always just have a sub come in uh, oh, like, my, cool. like my teacher had done for me. So that because to me, it's important that the process is, remains consistent as best you can. So talk to, talk to me about that. That's interesting. So how uh, how long were the tours? Where were you going? Oh, I mean, nothing, nothing long, but like we were, you know, we were not a, a very successful band, but, you know, regional for sure. We, I mean, we played every weekend for years, uh, uh, trip to California and back. So, you know, just stuff like that. Nothing, That's awesome. nothing to show for it really. Uh, I feel like one of the things, one interesting, like disconnect of, uh, or not disconnect, but one interesting thought, uh, is like the difference between like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones like seems to be like, is it creating an artifact that you then look at later? Or is it like the experience of, of creating the music? And I feel like there's like a, the Stones probably a bad example for that, but that, you know what I'm trying to say? Like that difference yeah. between like, uh, the, the performance being the thing or the artifact being the thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's something in there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I reference the Beatles pretty often with their whole, honing their craft you know in germany playing every day every night to try and make sure that their product was as polished and you know perfect as possible uh prior to them going out and doing exactly what they what, what they're known for now yeah yeah so talk to me about the transition between a corner of your parents house and then uh like growing and changing over the years like how did how did that happen basically? sure uh that that was stop number one essentially at my parents house uh just enough time to figure out what would work um and, and like what i wanted to be able to provide students uh were lessons uh one-on-one -on -one lessons i wanted to be able to educate them in the world of recording um and have the gear to like just like the hands-on lesson if they want to hear what their green day riff sounds like through a marshall jcm 800 half stack i wanted that to be like a tangible process uh nice that that's not easy in a cube at a store it's not easy uh with mom and dad in the other room um so uh i ended up renting a house uh with a friend that had a basement that was ideal for that scenario uh and set up like kind of a, a mock recording studio uh so that way students could if they wanted to record, if they wanted to hear what it sounds like when you move a microphone on a speaker, all of those things were uh, an option. So it sounds like a lot of your students are like um, uh, adults and people that, or, or uh, let me know if I'm off base here. Like, it seems like they're people um, that aren't like learning their first chords. They're like interested, maybe more advanced students. Like talk to me about the kinds of students you had then and then kind of like the mix of 
of who you who you were teaching at that time and and uh and how how that informed what you were doing yeah absolutely um you know i i've always been involved with local music and um so th I, th I feel like when you, you're a guitar teacher there's always going to be the demographic of like middle school male students like i that's where I, at least for me, that's where a lot of students start, uh, male more than female. And middle school always seems to be about that age. Um, and hopefully, if I'm if I'm doing my job, I by the time, you know, especially by the time they're in high school, they will be able to be in a band. And my my goal is always to try and make sure that they don't run into those same pitfalls that I ran into or other young musicians do. Uh, you know, try to prepare them to go out for gigs or recording um, in any way possible. Uh, so with that, um, being tied into the local band or local music community, I would also get a lot of these uh, musicians who, you know, I'd, I'd say peers, you know, younger or older, um, who are already established performers, but they either want to hone their chops or they want to be able to record better demos or things like that. Um, I saw something funny on your Facebook uh, feed when I was trolling you before the before doing this uh, about uh, like a local band caught taking performance enhancing lessons. I yeah. That was pretty funny. <laughs> oh God, uh, it's the hard times. That's the best website on the internet. Oh. Oh, I, I haven't I haven't seen it. Oh, it is. It's it, it's like the Onion but specifically for musicians and, and doubly funny if you are in like the indie emo metal uh, music community, they that's awesome. They're the best. That's awesome. Uh, so you're working with a mix of people who are already playing people and then also your uh, your army of uh, middle schoolers that continue to march. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, and right around this time, um, like I had gone to, uh, I went in one day to, to pay my car insurance and I was friendly with my car insurance agent. And she's like, you do music. What would you say if there was a local, like a teen center for kids to play music? Yes, that sounds great. Uh, she's like, would you like to help? So, um, that would have been 2004, uh, right before the store had shut down. And, uh, we had fundraised enough money to, to essentially be granted a building in our, our community to rehab and turn into something that became what we called the Oasis, which is a teen center in Grace Lake, Illinois. And um, my friend and I built a full stage, like like as good as any club, like smaller 200 person club in, in the city. Uh, and we had bands in there every Friday and Saturday night from 2008 to 2018 uh, ish. Um, That's awesome. And so because of that, I was like hands on in the in the music community uh, in it kind of like uh, bi-directional where like I was able to help young bands in my studio polish, develop their sound, work on their songs, get ready to perform and then have the actual venue for them to perform. And I was able to like, you know, book nights where it's just all of my students' bands uh, in one, you know, like be able to play like a full club with lights. They would get a recording of their their performance uh, and they were usually pretty good, which meant that other bands that might be seeing them 
would then come back for lessons or help with their recordings and songs. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so you had like a feedback loop going on. Who's coming yeah. to these shows? Uh, well, you know, a lot of, a lot of local, uh, young local kids, you know, we were, we were aged. Oh, or targeted, so the, yeah. oh, go ahead. Sorry. I said targeted 12 to 18. That, you know, our, that was always our goal, our goal. Gotcha. And it's, it, I remember we had, I grew up in Maine and, and we had a, a venue like that. And I can't remember the name, but it was really cool. Cause you don't think about it. Once you're a grown person, you can go anywhere, but all the music is at bars yes. and you know, places where you're not allowed to go for sure. Yeah, when I was a kid, I'd ride my bike uh, into like the, the downtown strip uh, in, our, in our city and like just Indiana Jones, a guitar case on my shoulder and like try to sneak in to watch, you know, 60 year old guys play Mustang Sally every Saturday night. Uh, yeah. So it was cool to be able to, again, you know, it all, all goes back to my, my old teacher to be to try and provide uh, the new generation with the things that I wanted or the, what I felt like I was provided with. That's super cool. And so at that time, is is it Greg's Guitar Lessons? Has that business started yet? Yep, this is, yep. This is Greg's Guitar Lessons time? Yep. Cool. And how has that changed since from then to now, basically? Like, how is that? Is it basically just like continuing, refining, like changing? Or is, have you, is it drastically different? Like, how, how is it? How does it? How How is your to, today? Or let's not say today. Let's say how is your uh, January of 2019 uh, yeah. compared to compared to then? Um, I would say a lot of it is similar. Uh, since then, uh, my wife and I, uh, purchased a house and I get kind of free reign of the whole basement where, uh, like it is a, like a full functioning recording studio now. So now I'm in the control oh, this, room. This is a basement. Yep. Great lighting. Thanks. Uh, it's all fake. It's all hundred <laughs> percent okay. fake for all of this. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, so like, you know, it's, it's just a, a full recording studio studio. This is kind of like the, the vision realized being able to uh, provide students with like the, the hands on experience of all the fun, goofy stuff that I wish I would have been able to do during lessons. So, you know, most of the time it is, you know, it's just like the, the traditional one on one lesson. Uh, but when you know, like if you look on my website or YouTube channel, sometimes a student will be like, I wrote a song, I want to record it. And like, uh, I've got one student on there, her name's Olivia. She would just sit out in the room and I'd put a microphone up and record her and there's her song. That was how we spent our 30 minutes or hour that day. Sure. And uh, it's, a, it's a cool opportunity that um, I feel like it kind of makes what, what I do a little different than the, the lessons I had growing up. That, I mean, that is super cool. Can you imagine like for uh, you have basically, if you want it, studio time booked every week with your lesson, that's pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, and again, sometimes it's just like, you know, kids like I, I want to buy a big muff pedal. Which one do I get? You know, can you, you know, like, okay, well, let's let's crank them up on some amps. Let's hear what let's hear the differences. I have I have a handful of different pedals. We can kind of get a feel for it. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. So like. You know, it's, it's trying to be as wide ranging as possible and definitely uh, kind of modified uh, over the years with the, the changing technology and the, the different opportunities it provides. Yeah, that's a good segue, actually, to um, to talk about something that everybody is, has been dealing with over the mm -hmm. last uh, year now is uh, talk to me about take me back a year ago to uh, February of 2020, March of 2020, 
Um, at what point did you start to kind of, did this kind of break into your uh, uh, worldview? Like how, when did you start to see like, oh, this might, there might be something happening right now? Um, well, uh, I had COVID in February last year. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, so like, um, it was just one of those, one of those days where it's like, huh, like, I feel like something's triggered like that, uh, the silent alarm of your, the immune system. We're like, something's off. Uh, and by that night I was like hacking and coughing, and couldn't breathe. I, I, I missed, uh, over, over a week of lessons. Uh, and I had gone to the doctor where, thank you know, goodness he did. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and they gave me all the full battery of tests and they were all negative. And I was like, that this. Oh my gosh, Greg, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know what the, there's some static going on with the mic. Uh-oh. I don't know what it is. I don't think it's on my end. Hold on. Oh yeah, that's better. Whatever just happened got better. Okay, good. Cool. Okay, sorry. So no, it's anyway, all good. So, so um, take me back. You were you were just saying, uh, you you actually got COVID in February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so the the doctor said that uh, COVID was not in America. There's no chance right. I had it. Uh, right. I I for sure had it. Uh, and thank God I took off as long as I did. Um, my wife and I have been very locked down and restricted. Uh, we're trying trying to do our part, you know. How um, are you? Were you did? You, how long did it take to feel better? Did uh, you feel better? Like oh yeah, like yeah. Uh, I think part of it's mindset. If you if, you know, for me at least, we're like, oh, I don't have COVID, I don't have to worry. And uh, so it took a couple weeks for me to get back to what I would consider a a normal uh like breathing pattern uh yeah. but at the same time i didn't it was still so new i, I had no idea what to look for um, thank goodness yeah <laughs> uh so but but i mean really a after that i went uh th that was the end of february and then i think the big day for probably a lot of americans was uh march 11th the tom hanks day when he came out <laughs> that night and then the nba shut down in the middle of a game uh and that was like oh okay this is you know my wife's a, a high school teacher it's like well it's, we're gonna prepare for you know some virtual learning and that that's basically uh that weekend i've been i've been remote or virtual ever since there's that line in um uh, the sun also rises about like oh how did you go broke i said well two ways uh gradually and then suddenly yeah for, for sure for sure it was uh, it was yeah so you wow so you had um, do you, did you, had you been traveling? Do you have any idea how it came to you or? Nope. No idea. Uh, Jeez. I mean, aside from 80 students a week in a, right. you know, 12 by 12 cube. But aside from that, it seems so unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> My, I have a friend who's, uh, who's also a, a musician and a band. And I don't, he, he was saying that he also the same, I think he was saying in January, he, he felt like he was, he was very sick and, um, it, uh, I, I guess I feel like the scariest thing about this whole thing, not to be COVID, 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 but it's yeah. just like what it is and, and, uh, what we know about it, at least over the last year, it just seemed to change every week or two. Like, it was oh, just for, like without yeah. a doubt, without a doubt. I, and I tried to, to stay, okay. try to stay educated on it as, as best I can. Uh, there's, sure. there's a very, uh, vocal doctor here, uh, Dr. Rob Citrenberg, uh, who, he tries to put out as much info as possible, uh, very frequently. And I follow everything that he's, that he's got. And like, I am actually feeling better about all things now that the vaccines are rolling out and you know, yeah, 
they feel like they know about 80% about this virus where, you know, a year ago is 4%. Right. So talk to me about the, the those conversations with your uh, students. You'd already canceled um, a week of lessons and then at some point, March 11th or whenever you, you you're going to mm -hmm. go remote. What was everybody's reaction? Was it, did, did most people come along? Did you lose some people? Um, I, I lost uh, a handful of students who didn't want to deal with the technological hoops to jump through for, for all of this, which I get, sure. uh, you know, they're, they're overall, it's been a very positive, uh, process with very little, uh, technological issue. Um, but I, when things don't go well, you know, it's very frustrating. So I, I don't, I don't fault anyone for not wanting to deal with remote or virtual lessons. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, I, my, my roster floats about 80 students deep. And, um, I think that was, I, there were four people who just, it didn't work for their lifestyle. Um, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, but like, ultimately everyone has been real supportive. Uh, I, I feel fortunate that I had I had been doing virtual lessons basically for a decade. Uh, you know, I have a what I, a very unsuccessful YouTube channel that has reached a handful of people, and uh, a handful of those people liked what I did and wanted lessons, and so that's both national and international. Uh, so like I've been set up to do this for a long time. I've got everything PDF and guitar profiles and all that good stuff. Uh, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a big process on my end. Um, but trying to get students acclimated to uh, th this kind of new normal of learning is that's a whole other story. Yeah. So I, had you done the transition of people you who'd had in person and then you were moving them to remote before? Um, no, outside of the occasional snow day, you know, sure. uh, uh, which is good, you know, like it keeps the income, uh, consistent without sure. having to cancel too many days like this. Um, so, so talk to me about like, technically, how, how have you been doing it? Just pretty much like open up the laptop and you're good to go, or do you have a setup that's worked well for you? Um, for, for the most part, it is just the la laptop. I'll use whatever app is most familiar or comfortable for the for the students. Uh, I think Zoom and Skype have been the most ideal. Um, like, uh, I don't like that FaceTime mutes uh, computer audio in the background. Uh, so oh, okay, uh, or it doesn't mute it, but it but it suppresses it significantly. So like, if sure, I wanted to, you know, reference uh, a solo that we're going to work on, uh, I have to use my phone next to me. Got it. Uh, which is not, you know, it's not ideal. Got it. Um, got it. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, fortunately, the, yeah, the, oh, sorry, the, go ahead. No, I was gonna say like the technology on a laptop, like, the, you know, this is a MacBook, uh, the camera is fine. And um, I can, when needed, I can use a fancier microphone uh, to make it sound better if, if, if that's what the student needs. Um, I mean, it's pretty wild. Like we were talking a little bit before we hit the play button about just how uh incredible it is that you can do this i mean we're doing all this the same exact way like it's uh if you're gonna have a global pandemic you may as well uh, do it in the in 2020 when there's better technology than can you imagine i mean, when i was a kid uh in the end like 1999 uh we had a huge i grew up in maine we had a huge ice storm mm -hmm. and we lost power in some parts of the state where we were for uh 
couple weeks, three weeks. And I remember like we, we were just not prepared for that. Like nobody had a, nobody had a, um, I mean, obviously that's a different scale of emergency, but nobody for had sure. a generator, nobody had this other stuff. And I just remember like, you know, there we go. Uh, you would like read a book. Yeah. Um, like it was like a different, uh, different world. For sure. Uh, it's, it's going on in Texas right now, right? Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't fathom. Uh, but, but in, t in terms of, yeah, you know, like global pandemics and virtual lessons, like we are very fortunate to be able to, to maintain and, and do this in, in this regard. Yeah, I don't want to take too much time. I want to uh, just ask quick, like what uh, some people have talked about latency being a, a problem with lessons, like what's been what's been really successful for you and your students? What is what has been difficult? Um, you know, I think that latency, like I don't know of a way that there won't be latency until bandwidth is, you know, probably double what what we currently have. Um, and you, you can get close, which is fine. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, what what has worked best for me is uh, doing my best to verbally communicate, uh, have them perform a song on their end. Uh, you know, if, if they're going to play along with the song, you know, something I've, I've always used is YouTube uh, for playback because they have YouTube's um, playback algorithm has the uh, playback speed that you can adjust. Oh, that's cool. I hadn't uh, thought about that. That's a good trick. Yeah. So, so, you know, like I, I know that there's been like the, like the amazing slowdowner app and all those things where you could import MP3s. Uh, but, but YouTube changed it. This is a few years ago now. They changed it to where um, it doesn't change pitch at all. So you can take any song that's up on YouTube, slow it down 75 or 50%. Uh, and that is a totable, totally usable uh, playback device. For, for students. That's really cool. Yeah. I love uh, that. So, I, had, you know, I mean, I knew that that existed, but I hadn't thought to use it that way. That is so clever. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, YouTube's catalog is is deep. Uh, so you can, I mean, live performances are all sorts. I mean, it's, it is the way to go. That's um, awesome. So, you know, just, just have students play along on their end best they can. And uh, if it's anything new that uh, we're working on, I always uh, just make a a slow performance video on my phone and text it over or we transfer or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. It's just so that way they can use that as a, as a, a reference along with the, whatever sheet music they're using. That's awesome. Um, well, I want to uh, just ask you before we go, I want to ask, I'm asking everybody the same uh, one, two, three, four, bunch of questions. And Deal. Uh, the idea is uh, uh, you can be as brief or as, um, as verbose as you want to be. Um, but I, I think it'll be fun to, to put them all together at the end and kind of have everybody's answers uh, all the same. Sure. So, cool. uh, if I'll ask you those questions and then I want to hear a little bit more about, um, kind of like how, how people can get in touch with you, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Okay. So, uh, I don't think we touched on this when we were talking about your lessons, but do you remember what the first chord you learned on the guitar was? E minor. Solid. Yep. Uh, yeah, just so I could do like the, like that, just like E minor, lay your fingers over and strum away. Nice. Is that what you teach? Uh, that the next question is, what's the first one you teach your new students? Uh, often it's E minor. 
uh, just because it's a two finger chord that utilizes all all the strings. Nice. Uh... What kind, on that note, what kind of guitar do you advise your students to buy if they're coming in cold that middle schooler? Oh man, uh, it depends if if they want to learn electric or acoustic. Uh, you know, I I think that the Strat style guitar is amongst the best just because it's so comfortable, like how it's routed, it's easy to hold, the balance is good, uh, as opposed to like a Les Paul, which is cool, but the the cutaway puts it a little awkward especially sure. for someone who's just starting uh so uh, you know the a strat uh of some kind nice uh oh yeah and that's kind of matches with you, you were saying you, you got a squire strat as your yep. first guitar too yep uh on which you played an e minor oh yeah all the time <laughs> what was the first song you remember playing oh about a girl by nirvana solid yeah. E minor to G. <laughs> um, what is one thing that you tell your students to do that they reliably do not? Um, <laughs> practice every day. <laughs> uh, you know, like 30 minutes a day. Like I, it's tough, you know, world's different. I, I don't, I don't fault anyone for struggling to find a uh, consistent time daily, uh, or practice standing up. That's a, that's a big one too. Uh, Why? How many concerts have you been to? <laughs> Most of the time they're standing up. You know, I always ask that question. That's great. So, uh, what is one thing you tell your students to do that they reliably do not do? Or sorry, that, that, that they reliably do? Um, have fun. You know, like I, I try to remind them, like, we do this because it's fun. Uh, you know, I've, I've had some kind of taskmaster student or uh, teachers and those lessons aren't fun. You know, we, like if, if we are fortunate to play music, we, we get to do it. So I always try to encourage like, just, you know, practice, work hard. Sometimes it's not going to be exciting or maybe the challenge will be frustrating, but still have fun because we get to do this. It, it should nice. be fun. That's awesome. Oh, sad again. Uh, what is your go-to song to teach people who've never played? So after you teach them that E minor chord? Oh, you know, the, the first song that I, I usually teach people is Green Day, Time of Your Life. Um, I, I never need to hear that song again. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've heard it a billion times, uh, but it just happens to be something that uh, uses three simple chords ultimately. Uh, and you can use the same strumming pattern or you can pick single notes and arpeggiate it. Uh, so as an educational tool, it has a lot of value. And I've yet to find something that I feel most people know. So I'm not like giving them some obscure deep cut for, you know, they know this. It is a great example of how to use the three chords they just learned. Uh, that's that's actually a good uh, segue. Also, another nice thing about that song is that the uh, he messes it up on the record, so you don't feel so yes. bad about. Yes, I say that every time. It's just like, look, the guy who wrote this botched it twice before he he plays it. Uh, and that's another one I use the YouTube version because there's uh, someone edited edited it to be a clean version uh, because he, much like uh, most musicians, when they mess up in the studio, uh, had some colorful word choices. Gotcha. Um, 
that kind of segues into something that isn't on this list of questions, but that uh, I, I find that came up in a uh, another show we did last week and I thought was interesting. Generationally, do you find that you have to change the the that song? Like, so if you're teaching somebody in their maybe in their 60s, they might not be familiar with that song. If you're teaching somebody in who's 13 now, they might not be familiar with that song. Um, yes. Uh, but for the most part, you know, it's, I think that Green Day is such a household brand that if, if I say, hey, you're going to learn good riddance time of your life, uh, a 13 year old kid might just kind of like, look confused. But if I say, hey, we're going to learn Green Day, Oh yeah, Green Day, cool. Uh, so and, and really, and I, I always try to express this to a lot of students. Like the songs, especially the, anything that I kind of select and say we should learn this song. Uh, those songs are very rarely songs that I'm trying to teach from a musical sense. It's always some sort of mechanical action, very much uh, Mr. Miyagi, you know, like that, like Green Day, we're picking down, down, up, up, down, up to get that picking pattern. We're going to learn economical picking, you know, things like that. Uh, I really don't care about the song nearly as much. I, I let I save that part for when they have they they bring in their Green Day jewel case <laughs> to me to <laughs> like, yeah, we should learn this one, you know. Uh, so like ultimately songs. uh you know, I, I, re I encourage, uh, we learn these because that it provides this mechanical technique that I know we can kind of do. Uh, but if they have a list that we can kind of harvest techniques from, I'll, I'll use one of the songs off their list instead. Gotcha. That's awesome. Um, if you weren't just a couple questions left, uh, if you weren't a guitar teacher, what job outside of music would you like to do? Honestly, probably just like a, a not, at this point, you know, a nine to five office job. I'd probably be a, a pretty reasonable Michael Scott somewhere. <laughs> uh, uh, is that because running your own business is tough or why? Um, I think I, I am at this point in my life, I, I'm just I'm built for for that uh, that type of job or uh, career where like I can I can I could probably survive that kind of uh environment um i would love to be a high school teacher all the same uh but i think that uh that transition from doing what i do into that realm might be difficult because i'm so programmed to to operate under the the realm that or that the ways that i do now uh so but yeah i you know i, I could probably go into just generic generic business and, and be okay that's pro probably what i do what kind of paper would you like and what can we sell it to you for? Yeah, exactly. I'll be the Jim Halpert. <laughs> um, which instrument that you do not play would you most like to master? Oh, man. It's a three-way tie. Uh, drums. Uh, just because that, like, uh, I was told it's like trying to ride a bike designed by Dr. Seuss. Like it just feels so, so awkward and it's never, it's never connected with me. Although maybe it's because I'm trying to play right-handed. Maybe if I switch the drums around and try to learn left-handed, it'd be easier. Maybe. Um, I, I, I read a lot of Dr. Seuss these days. So that, that joke landed. Ah, perfect. Uh, and then, uh, pedal steel. Um, I, ha I have a pedal steel. Uh, I'm fortunate that there's an amazing teacher named Pat Brenner. 
uh, in the area. And uh, it is just an incredibly smart and difficult instrument. Uh, it's much smarter than I am. You know, I, I with guitar and all things stringed, I've been fortunate to kind of be able to like pick them up and play. Uh, not the pedal steel. It is, it is a whole thing on its own. Um, and then voice. I'd love to be able to sing. Well, they were like the first instrument, you know, uh, I'm just not good at it. I said, I went, that's kind of, I didn't bring this up, but I really enjoyed looking through your, uh, YouTube channel at all your cover songs, particularly the last year. Um, but yeah, now that I, now that I think about it, it's not you singing. Yeah. A lot of times. Uh, yeah. A lot of those cover songs are just, uh, it started as a, a surprise party for a friend. Um, and, and it's kind of turned into this whole thing. Uh, not unlike live from Daryl's house. If you've ever watched that, uh, with Daryl no, Hall. I will. Oh yeah. It's a great show where like, he would just have musicians like, over and yeah. play with his house band. Uh, so, but you know, that it just turned into this thing. If, if it was your birthday, you could pick a song you have to sing. And then we would just grill and record a cover song, you know, and just have fun with it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just kind of have fun with it. Uh, so I that's love what it. all that those was... are. That's my favorite thing about it is that it just is, it looks like fun. Like you yeah. guys are having fun. Yeah, for sure. It's just a party. It's just, you know, instead of like going out to bars or, you know, wh whatever, it's just, unfortunately, most of my friends are musicians and even the ones who aren't, they still participate. It's a, it's a good time. That's awesome. Um, well, we should probably wrap this up, but, uh, if people are listening to this or watching this and they're like, Hey man, this guy seems cool. Um, is there room for an 81st student? How do they get in touch with you? Where sure. are you online? Uh, website, gregsguitarlessons.com. Uh, and I, I'm on most of the social medias, uh, various levels of activity, but I, I, you can get me through there too. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and there, there's always room, uh, you know, you can always Tetris uh, students around to kind of open up what whatever the hopeful spot is. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I love this. This is great. I, I think what you're doing is so cool, especially now. You know, we ha we all have a little extra time. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Take care. Yeah. Have a great one.